21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. So Brian, what are the critical elements of starting a successful business? I would say there are three in my mind. Uh, number one, I would say, assuming there is a partnership or in a business that we need to work with people, having trust, uh, genuine trust in the partners or staff that we work with, that's number one. Number two, I would say basic business sense, right? Like understanding profit and loss, understanding some of the uh, protocols that we need to go through for setting up a business, for running a business. I would say that's number two. Then number three, and I would say that specifically for a new entrepreneur would be perseverance, meaning there, there are going to be phases of, uh, you know, this journey. There's good, good times, there's normal times, there's like maybe not so good times. I would say the most challenging part is always to how do we kind of keep it up when things are not super great, um, having that uh, mentality. And also some optimism really, right? To say that, okay, things are going to be get better. Like if we keep doing out the, the right thing, if we keep working on this, keep plucking away, things are going to turn better. So I would say those are the three main qualities I would say necessary for running a business. As, as you're pretty famous with your healthy work-life balance and regarding the just said, so partnership, trust, okay, let's go, let's focus into preservance and how do we keep up with our how to approach with our optimism what would what would be your mindset and what is your daily routine as a prerequisites for starting being optimistic and having higher level of awareness of importance of another meta level to see your system as a, as a system with document flow and information flow and the context you are immersed into Yeah, I th I think part of it, like part of staying uh, optimistic. There are there are two things. Uh, one, we trust the work that we have put in. We trust the work that we put into not just operationally, but also the thinking that we already have behind the values that we are representing it with our brand. Uh, so. There are times that because the work is so overwhelming and then there doesn't seem to be light at the end of the, of the tunnel, that would be like, okay, why am I doing this? And and when I ask that question myself, okay, oh, well, here's why. We actually spent, um, myself and my partner, spent a great chunk of time just to frame these valid propositions. So I think having that trust and all constantly reminding ourselves, that's one. And the other part is that kind of take a step back, right? Um, al almost always like the housing market sometimes. Uh, it, it, you know, we always say that, well, you know, it's, it's so expensive to get in right now. It's always expensive. But I always say that, again, I'm not an expert in real estate or economy, but I, from what I've seen, if you, whatever point that you want to enter, and you say that's a high price point, if you look forward 10 years, chances are 
that point is not one of the higher price point. It's probably a low, one of the lower one, if not the lowest one, right? Uh, and so same thing with our business. If we believe that the work we have put in into our framing our brand, uh, building our brand, the work that we put in every day to do the right things, the quote unquote, the right things. If we look back, if we look 10 years ahead and then take a step back, if the, the, the regret would be if we stop now, right? Because it's always easy to quit, right? And, and so, but then that, that would be a huge regret. It's almost certain that it's going to be a huge regret that when we look back 10 years, hey, we remember the one time that we had something, we work on it so much, and then we, we just gave it up. And so I think that that is kind of what helped me to say, okay, things are going to be better, right? Uh, right now we have our struggles and literally like day to day, that's why I remind myself at some point it's going to turn somewhere. Now it doesn't mean that we don't have to work on it every day. It doesn't mean that we don't have to self-reflect on what we have done. Is it the correct thing to do? But these are what I mean by the right things to do. We are not super high or super low. Uh, we stay humble. Uh, it doesn't matter what happened doesn't matter what people say. doesn't matter. Like it's really what we see in our own self honest assessment. And then we just keep plucking away. So I think, I think those are the two, two main things that really help us just, you know, be able to stay optimistic. And I would personally, uh, and I was able for both me and my partner, we need that to keep, keep this running because for me, if I'm not optimistic about something and then still, and every day I need to do it, that now becomes a crime. Right, that now becomes a real grind, and it's very tough to sustain that on an ongoing basis. Is there any sp specific technique for getting into awareness, the need of the optimism for for checking your state at the moment? Yeah, I think I think um, so. Day to day, what happens is that usually, you know, because we have presence across the world, right? We have uh, great presence in Portugal. Uh, we certainly have presence in China and, and I, I personally locate in Canada and we also sell to the States. So you're talking about around the clock, things are, some things are happening, right? There's some activity. So I personally, in Canada, I started my morning first, check all my emails, respond to all the messages, usually from my partners, um, just to respond to them, you know, whatever is either questions or discussion that is ongoing. And then, then I go on. Uh, and say, okay, now these are the things I probably need to do today. And uh, a lot of times is to communicate with the staff that we have hired, whether it's the photographer, the content creator, maybe the designer, uh, product designer, I mean, or, or, or the website designer, right? Uh, I need to communicate all those things because I'm keeping my full-time job as well. So I'm kind of running both. This is uh, basically my side hustle, but we're doing it very seriously. Um, so, so I am like optimizing or trying to get every ounce of time that I can get from my downtime to contribute into this business. And so I need to be very efficient, right? Uh, if I, if I don't do it now, I basically won't have a chance to do it until the end of the day in my time. And then I'm going to lose the entire working day, maybe for my staff, because they need guidance, right? They need guidance on what to do maybe. And especially with startup, there's always changing direction. So that communication, if we really want the right kind of result or outcome, we really need to over-communicate, right? And so that, that's a communication part of it. And, um, and, and, and I would say like for, for us, and I don't know if this is a fashion thing or, or this is, goes, goes across all businesses. I think to your, to your point about staying uh, optimistic, to me, again, this is another reason why it's necessary. 
if myself do not have the energy to a, a positive vibe or positive energy to run my business and then now i'm communicating with with my with my staff now it, it's very quick that i will sound you know cynical or like uh uh, uh, uh what, what's that word um uh kind of pessimistic you know and 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 negative right so and, and that's just not good for for anybody right because they don't you, you know the last thing i want is that they do something uh with some grudge or hate or like uh this displeasure in their mind but instead i want them to also get excited so for them to do that for them to act, at least not be negative when they're doing the work that for us i need to stay positive when i communicate with them when i explain it to them right uh so so that's another reason why we need to stay optimistic and then usually uh there's also another part of communication which is with, with our vendors right uh with a business like ours there are a lot of vendors involved um because not everyone is like we hire them so so you have like say for logistics we have our vendors for uh, maybe for pr we have our vendors so communication with them is another kind of big uh part of my job and i think usually in the in the, in the evening it's uh i mean in, in in our mind uh whenever we can uh we always think back to like whether we're doing the right thing or not that's the constant question that we ask uh and sometimes we need to uh really control that because asking that too often sometimes take away the chance of us seeing the result of something that we wanted to do we we we, we plan to do right so but but we yeah we do constantly ask ourselves is it the right thing to do uh have we put uh give it enough time yet for it to show the impact uh should we maybe now revisit because sometimes things theoretically sound right uh they sound awesome we do it and then the the result keep telling you that not really and then that's when you have to pivot to something else so i think that's kind of the daily routine obviously weekend days are a bit different right weekend days we can afford to put in more time into doing everything else right um, but during the weekdays uh, that's usually the flow We started off wanting to build Norman's. We started the brand, uh, just some context during the peak of the pandemic. We really incorporated back in early 2021. Now, like I said, because we both uh, kept our corporate job uh, and doing this like, like as a, let's just say a serious side hustle. That's why it took some time before it got launched. And the origination of it was, I personally, I work in corporate America, corporate Canada. And as you know, during the pandemic, it's all Zoom, uh, a lot of Zoom meetings. And at the time, I actually have a client-facing role. I was a management consultant back then. And um, I was seeing whether it's client or us as, as consultants, the, the attire, it's either you go grab a suit uh, and then put it on and then like really dressed up working from home, which kind of sounded a bit weird, or we basically grab something that we wear when we go to bed, right? And there's no in-between. In my mind, I was like, there has to be something uh, that is better than these two options, that is more fitted for working from home. And the two key components would be 
one presentable, right? Because you're working, so you're working from home. So work, you're still working, so you'll need to stay presentable. But the home part of it is to stay, to feel comfortable. So that's when we inspire. And, and then I don't really see, I mean, yes, there's some uh, product maybe kind of by accident that is a good fit for that, but there's no brand kind of dedicated to make that kind of product. And so we'd be like, hey, I think there's an opportunity here because if you remember, even early uh, back in during the peak of the pandemic, uh, they were talking about the new normal, the new normal. And then people already kind of looking ahead saying, what is it going to look like when this pandemic is over? Is it, is it going to be still working from home or whatever? And so, but we know for sure the work from home uh, component is not going to go away. Now, the question is that what is the, what is the mix? Like, is it 70, 30, is it 50, 50, is it 20, 20, 80, right? Who knows? So, but, but there's going to be a component that people would work from home. And so we see not just the potential during that time, right? It's not like we're selling masks, right? We see there is a, uh, uh, a need for those kind of apparel products beyond the pandemic. And so that's why that's kind of how we started it. And then as we are building, that's when we are shaping the brand, right? Okay, so, okay, fine. We, we, we build a, an apparel brand. There are so many of them, right? There's so many of them, especially online fashion brand. There's so many of them. How do we stand out? That's the question that we ask ourselves, right? Um, my partner, uh, basically, basically we, we have been friends for a long time back in like uh, elementary school or high school. He, he has always been a proponent of like sustainability, right? So it's okay, but we are not a huge company at this point. We don't own any green technology, but there's still maybe things that we can do. And then that's where, well, you know, like maybe we can take some of the materials that is supposed to go into the wasteland. We call them end of line material. Now we take those to make our products. Now, naturally it comes with some constraint because you don't get to control how many uh, what's the amount of uh, incoming raw materials that you have, right? So that's constrained with that, but at least we are now not sending them to the wasteland, but instead we are actually making like, uh, what's that called? Creating value with those uh, product, right? Uh, sorry, with those raw materials. Uh, okay, that's one thing. Okay, now how about packaging? Can we do something on the packaging? Uh, yeah, there are like uh, vendors that um, on the packaging side, it's very sustainable. So we found this company um, they built, uh, they, they produce what they call water soluble material, uh, packaging, meaning the, the, the bags looks like a plastic bag, looks like a typical plastic bag, but it's not plastic. Instead, if you put, uh, I think it's over 80 degrees Celsius of water over it. If you pour it over it, it will just dissolve. Go on. It's gone. Mm. Right. And there's no toxins and none, none of that. Right. So, okay. That's something we can do. So. Okay, we are able to work in, uh, you know, a couple, I would say fair, for us at least, fairly significant sustainability component into our brand. Okay, now, how about the marketing side of it, right? How do we make our brand resonate with the people that who are seeing them? And that's when, uh, to what you mentioned earlier, the storytelling part comes into play. We can, most brands, and I'm nothing wrong with that, and we could, we could have totally gone that, that route which is to, uh, you know, hire professional models, you know, uh, make uh, or, or like ambassadors 
So they're like fashion models and whatnot. And then we can, you know, do a lot of content from there. But instead we were, hey, we think, you know, if we think of like inspirations, we, if we think of like us ourselves, right? Like, yes, of course, I, when I read something about Jeff Bezos, I get some inspirations. When I read something about Warren Buffett, I get some inspirations. But if we think of our own life, the things that we're inspired to do, we usually kind of, most of the time, we actually got it from people that we can relate to. Usually are people that are around us, usually are people that we came across that may, most of the time, are not celebrities because they're more relatable. So we kind of trying to hone into that relatability point, which is, okay, these are folks that we may came across every day. Obviously, it may not be the same person, but that kind of archetype is someone that we came across every day. And so whether it's people that who are in the same kind of, you know, under the same circumstance or kind of uh, admire those kind of path, we thought that those they are inspiration, inspirational stories to tell, right? Uh, we, we, had, uh, we have an upcoming uh, ambassador story that he's still in his 20s and he's already one of the top executives for uh, Toronto's number one fintech company. Right. Uh, uh, so now is he a celebrity? Not 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 really by the general sense, but is, is there a lot of things to learn from his story? Absolutely. Right. So we and you have find... product manager and lead financial analyst. Exactly, and... right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so and, and, and we will have athletes as well. And 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 we say athlete is not like may not be the top athletes, but again, think about it, like we have more people that are not top notch athletes than than, than, than the other side. And so if you now want to relate, we want to resonate, that that's what we think would work. Now, uh, to add to that point, um, is it all smooth, like all we thought it would be uh, from we started off with that idea to now we actually have content that is exactly that? Uh, there are adjustments we need to make. We are literally still learning, like even last night when I was talking to my partners, uh, there are things that we may need to adjust, right? to get the impact that we want. At the end of the day, we are a business out there trying to sell products. So uh, there are adjustments that to be made. But to, to, to answer your question, that's kind of how we come to it is that, okay, we, we, these are the unique value proposition that we think we can bring to um, our customers. Um, and, 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 and along the way, we even found another one, right? Which is, uh, we have our products. We start to kind of have some of our customers try it. And one of our customers, he came back to me and said, hey, Brian, the other day I wore your product. I have my, the top, the bottom, both both are your product. I wore, he's a, I think he's a tech sales executive. He said, I went into the office, took a few meetings with the client, I think. Then I went to the gym, worked out, and I came back to the office, did a few more meetings, did not change at all. Didn't have to change because we... One of the products that he had on, it's a looks like what looks like a dress pants from the outside, but in the inside, it's like a sweatpants. It feels like a sweatpants, right? So, so, so he said he said that to us. So now we understand. Hey, we actually simplify things for our customers because I remember the days that this is pre-pandemic. If I say that day I want to hit the gym, whether it's after work or during uh, uh, during lunchtime. I need to break, like I, I, I dress up, right? I wear basically a dress shirt and, and dress pants. And then I need to bring an extra bag with me to carry all my gym, gym clothes and gym shoes, right? Now we basically, for the people that can, you know, have that kind of job uh, 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 nature, 
they can basically go with our, our product without changing at all the entire time. It simplifies many things. So, so I think uh, along the way, uh, that's why I say we constantly review, we, we take feedback, we uh, critical think ourselves. Hopefully uh, that would, that's what we believe will lead us to success. Uh, 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 and then, uh, and, but, but that's also when I, what I said along the way when it, it's, it's not like crazily happening uh, from a business standpoint that these are the things that keep us kind of optimistic because we trust the work and the mindset that we have. And when you say unique value proposition, uh, how did you do the pricing? As it was something unique. I mean, what was the reference point? Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, we there definitely like some uh, more traditional market research we have done. So we went online and say, okay, these are the brand names that we kind of think somewhat, because like I said, right, like if uh, the, the, the value probably is a bit unique, so I cannot find something that is like identical to us. However, like the end product, like for example, this hoodie, right? Like, okay, so I'm like, okay, these are the four or five brands that we think in terms of material or in terms of the style they are selling are similar to us. These are their price point. These are the reference point. Uh, let's make sure that we are not uh, overpricing ourselves or underpricing ourselves, right? I think that's one thing and obviously we do the whole we, that that's more like a top-down approach and then we also have a bottom up which is okay from the the moment that we get the raw material obtaining the raw material all the way to shipping like getting to the customer what is that cost and so when the two meet and then that's when we find like, okay more or less this is the this is the these are the price ranges that we can accept um, now, again, these are the prices that we put out there. We have done our research. We ask them, like, like, uh, do you think uh, you will pay X amount of dollar for this product? We have done that part. However, I always say this, and I used to work in, you know, I, and I still do, like, work in a data field. Um, what they say is not always what they do, you know? And so... Yes, they, they will tell you on a survey, yes, I'm going to pay 60 bucks for this thing. I'm going to pay 70 bucks for this thing. But you all, we always have to cross check it with what the data is telling us. Do we actually have, we actually sold this product for 60 bucks or really 99% of our sales are coming only when there's a 20% discount, right? And if that's the case and it's go on for a long, long time, not just a particular period, we probably need to adjust that, right? And vice versa, like not just down, but up, like like all that. So I think, um, you know, there's no, I, I don't think there's like a magic formula that we are using to be, to be quite frank. Um, but certainly like we pay close attention. I, I think our, uh, I won't say secret sauce. I think it's just the thing that we make sure we do is that we place code, we, we pay close attention to the market, but also to our own uh, data because our brand, it, like they, it may, it, it can very well be the exact same material, same hoodie, but people place different value to a brand, right? 
they 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 will be like, hey, if this is coming from H and M, I'm willing to pay X amount of dollar. And if this is coming from a brand I don't know, I'm willing to pay X amount of dollar, even if they're the exact same thing. There is brand value there. So so that's why I think both are important for us to keep ourselves in check. So you have basically you have a constant communication with the market uh, through communication with your customers through inspiring stories and how did you start it? it's it's uh, a big deal to communicate with the whole world to to communicate your message so what what were the first steps so if if somebody wants to start maybe not the same the, uh, on the same market i mean how to start to communicate with customers what was your marketing at the beginning uh, versus uh, what is it now? Yeah, so uh, we started off obviously uh, kind of within our own circles just to raise some awareness, right? Uh, and 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 there's already kind of like a pre-launch activity going on anyways because we are trying to get feedback, right? As we are constructing the product, whether it's the, the look and feel uh, of our products, pricing, uh, our website, you know, like I will, I have gotten like my friends and I have, you know, fortunately have friends in different areas who I think on top of just opinion as an, as a, as an audience, they can also give opinion as a professional in those area. Like I have friends in the UI UX space. I have friends in the design or product design space. I have friends, right? So there is that already. So some awareness was raised. And then later on, uh, as we, we were launching, then we'd be like, okay, hey, uh, you know, our brand is finally launching. Uh, some of you may be aware of it. Uh, and then we kind of, a bit of word of mouth, I would say. Uh, and then now what we do, certainly social media is huge for us. Um, we we are trying to identify influencers that we can work with. Um, it's always easier when they already have some level of buy-in to the brand, meaning hey, I like this brand or like, hey, I'd somehow get a chance to try on your product. I like it. So then it's a lot easier for them to, because now the message coming from them, uh, they actually believe in it, right? Like, I, And I'm not saying the other influencers are lying, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's a lot easier when they have that buy-in uh, unprompted. You know, it's not like I'm telling them to have that buy-in. They told me that they have They're some congruent. They're congruent. Exactly, right? Yes. Uh, so I think that that part is important. Uh, we, we are still, I mean, I'll be honest, like we are still in a phase, we are trying different tactics with SEOs, with, ad, uh, kind of like digital ads with, you know, like kind of different ways of marketing. Um, uh, we even have like a more traditional way. Like we try to, uh, see if we can get on TV shows or like radio shows, digital magazines or magazines in general, uh, kind of more traditional, uh, media. We have that path as well. Um, because we, I mean, overall, like, I think we are a fairly inclusive brand. So just because we are a online fashion, an online fashion brand, doesn't mean that uh, we do not uh, cater to uh, people who watch more traditional media, right? And so, or, or, or sorry, consume traditional media. And so, for for us, it's the same thing, right? 
and, and so we will explore who knows sometimes maybe it works better like it, it gives us a better ROI with traditional media or maybe it is true that it does give us uh, better ROI with maybe digital media so we try all those things and uh, uh, like like I said right now we are still exploring and uh, hopefully you know we give a reasonable amount of time to now get uh, get ourselves in the rhythm right we, we will know that okay this really worked for our brand so we can kind of uh, repeat this action going forward and due to all those interactions uh, is there a danger of copycats oh that, that that's always right but here, here's the thing the the way I, and i don't even look at it as copy right uh, honestly because see when i when i think of it that way one uh things get cynical quick okay that's number one uh and and usually doesn't generate a lot of like positive uh meaningful outcome uh from a business standpoint so i try not to think that way right uh not to say that i don't think they exist what any everything can have anything can happen but the way i look at it is that and then we actually had that conversation me and my partner are we confident in our value proposition are we confident in kind of the software of our of our of our brand right what they can copy is quote unquote the hardware right they can be like, oh we can do storytelling as well we can do uh you know sustainability as well this and that this and that but my story is different from your story right uh the way that we want to what we want to tell these are the things that people cannot take away and who's to say that we are doing it better you know uh i always believe that uh competition is one of the reasons why we have growth we have improvement right so if someone happened to think our proper proposition is uh, uh is a it's a winner and they try to do the same thing one that's recognition of our hard work that the, our ideas that it you know maybe is actually working now and if they happen to do it better now maybe we have something to learn from that as well right uh and i i i don't look at it as a You know, I try not to look at it as a zero-sum game. I try to look at it as, you know, as we go on, how can we, like, if let's just say now there are like eight, nine, ten brands trying to do the exact same thing. Okay, great. Now, how can we grow the pie so that we can all be sad happy with, you know, what we're getting from the business? So, uh, again, I'm sure that some people might think that that's a very naive thinking of me, and that can be true. But uh, like I said, I personally try to think, go, go with that direction to, uh, to save myself the energy to kind of be cynical about things. Um, and, and, and by the way, obviously we do our like copyright thing, right? We pattern our brand, we, like, the, those basic stuff we do. But in terms of like people following the way that we do things, I don't think that's avoidable. And that's why I try to, you know, find a way that like, a, like almost like a thinking path that I will not go down the rabbit hole, you know, of being too cynical. And do you experience yourself as a serial entrepreneur? At the beginning of our discussion, you mentioned 10 years time frame. It's, it's very hard to predict anything. So do you even have time for thinking about exit strategy? Do you think about exit strategy or, or is it something that you want to work to continuously work on? 
I mean, I, I think overall the approach we have is keep an open mind. Right? Uh, anything can come, right? You, I will be hard pressed to say if somebody say, hey, Brian, we want to buy your brand for like $50 million tomorrow. And I'm not going to consider that. I'm not going to say that, right? As of right now, of course, our goal is to build up the brand, build the brand the right way, build it with integrity, uh, uh, with hard work, with uh, the right amount of uh, uh, the right kind of tactics and, and, and just see where it goes. Like a lot of it, you know, I, when I was a kid, I always think that, hey, there must be some kind of great monetary uh, or financial incentive for somebody to do something, right? Especially in a more capitalism uh, a country, a world, that's usually how people function. And that's to- totally fine. But if I kind of think back myself, I ask myself every day, because the fact that I do keep my full-time job and, you know, I, I have enough to for a living, I ask myself, why am I doing this? A big part of it is really just curiosity. Like finding out what is it going to look like? A, a business that is like built and run and, you know, by me and my partner, what is that going to look like? Is it going to be profitable? Is it going to be sustainable, sustainable, profitable company? I want to find that out. Part of it is also prove it out to myself that, hey, I can actually do this. It's really just that. Uh, uh, it's not so much like, hey, I, I really, and I'm not saying that's wrong, by the way. I'm just saying that I personally uh, haven't really been thinking that way. Uh, uh, and and, and, and so, so that's why I say I do keep an open mind. I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. I don't know what's going to come in two hours time. Maybe somebody called me up with something that drastically changed the way they we approach the business. We have to be ready in a way, kind of be as ready as you can for those things. And so, so yeah, no, I, I, I to answer your question, I never really thought much about uh, that. And, and right now the focus is really uh, to build a brand uh, to the best that we can. To find us, to check out our product, if you are located in North America, you can go to normansapparel.com. It's N-O-R-M-A-N-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Uh, you will be able to find our online store in North, under North America. If you are in Europe, uh, under, under, under the European countries, then you can go to Normans, N-O-R-M-A-N-S-I-N-S-P.com. Uh, we essentially have two different lines. Uh, one, uh, the one in North America, it's a bit more like uh, work from home or, or like a hybrid working, a little bit more like business casual. Uh, our line in Europe is a little bit more like uh, urban, uh, more like street art, uh, and, uh, and and so we try to uh, test out different market and also they're in different locations. So check us out today. Twenty first century entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.
Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective, and embark on the path to success.